This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk with the Mooseman farmer who's the only Canadian producer to win an award for environmental farming from Corteva AgriScience. We talk with the farmer at Rosetown about yesterday's blizzard and snow cover after last year's drought. Real Agriculture talks with the Federal Minister of Agriculture about supply chain issues. And we have the latest Sasquheat market outlook. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. A farmer from Mooseman in eastern Saskatchewan has been honoured as a climate-positive leader by Corteva AgriScience. Christian Hebert was the lone Canadian farmer picked for the award. He's the managing partner of Hebert Grain Ventures, a 30,000-acre grain and oilseed farm near Mooseman. Corteva Globally put together an award called the Global Climate Leaders. And, I, uh, you know, different farmers from different countries were nominated for kind of being at the forefront of, of what most people would deem as sustainable practices. And, and I think probably the scalability of sustainable practices. You know, we were... We were humbly chosen for Canada and, and got to meet a bunch of farms from around the world doing some pretty neat stuff. What did you learn? Well, we actually ended up in uh, in Brussels right before COP26 just to be coincide with it because obviously a lot of the discussion there was around climate. And I think some of the neatest stuff was just how different each part of the world is. I met a couple actually women farmers from Africa, you know, that have one, two, four acre plots that have to worry about their security just to get to the farm and and just want to have access to good seeds, which in Canada we don't have to worry about. So I think sometimes just how we have to realize that agriculture is so different in every country and, and make sure that's in the back of our mind as we're thinking about some of the new rule changes. What are some of the practices that you do that uh, you were recognized for? Yeah, so I mean in Canada I think we're, we are at the forefront of, of sustainable farming. I think all farmers are sustainable. It's, it's the goal, right? We have to leave our land in, in as good if not better shape in order for the next generation to take it over. But some of the stuff we've been doing is, you know, we run a fairly intensive soil sampling program, grid sample every four acres, and then overlay it with EC maps and topography maps, et cetera, to ensure that we put down kind of the exact amount of nutrients that each acre needs. We use sectional control to ensure that we don't overlap with any of our inputs. You know, we're using soil water probes in order to measure how much moisture is in the top four feet of the soil to really have better algorithms predicting what our yield outcome is going to be. And, be able to work with the crop on that we'll use fall crops to have more of our more of our land green for a longer period of time to help sequester that carbon and and through the soil testing we've really been trying to get a better understanding a full understanding of how carbon sequestration works on the farm because we fully believe that agriculture is the solution to climate change not the culprit so what's your thoughts on 2022 we had a big drought last year what are you planning to do this spring for seeding yeah, so I mean, we were a little more blessed in the southeast corner. We were, you know, we got a little bit of rain, so our yields 
we're probably three quarters of normal, not not as bad as everybody else. And we got a bunch of rain in the fall and pretty good snow cover right now. So we're actually looking forward to 2022 with crop prices the way they are. Obviously, we're going to need some some good rains, but with crop prices where they are, what we did is simplified our rotation, went down to three crops instead of five to just try and execute perfectly to capture this one. What three crops? I have to ask. Yeah, malt, barley, spring wheat, and canola for us. Normally, we have hybrid rye and, and yellow peas and some oats in the rotation, but just thought on a year like this, when we have a pretty big opportunity in front of us, we try and execute flawlessly. So how many people does it take to run a 30,000-acre farm? I mean, it varies season to season, but I mean, some easy metrics that we use is we kind of like one full-time person for every 2,500 acres. And, you know, our, our payroll would say that I pay about 1.1 or 1.2 hours for every acre I farm. So, you know, I'm going to pay out probably 35,000 hours of work this year. So if you divide that by your, you know, by your 2,000 hours a person, there's how many uh, full-time humans. But we have some really great part-time people that just come for the growing season, you know, whether they're for retired from farming or work on the oil patch that, that are, you know, a real blessing to us. And, and we got a real good crew, a great team member of full-time guys. Christian Hebert is the managing partner of Hebert Grain Ventures, a 30,000-acre grain farm near Mooseman. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca There was lots of wind and some snow during yesterday's blizzard. Gusts in the Regina area were up to 90 kilometers an hour. Snowfall amounts are difficult to calculate when it's very windy, but there were no large amounts over west-central areas of the province in the neighborhood of 5 centimeters or less. Western Wheat Growers Secretary Jim Wickett farms in the Rosetown area and discusses the snowfall. Well, we could certainly use some more snow. It's, there's not much, and I don't think we got very much last night. It just blew and ended up into the yards and into town and, and that kind of thing, but there's not a whole lot out in the fields. You can still see the stubble, and for us, the stubble is only about two and a half inches high, so there's not much in the field. And what's there is kind of very hard, so like last night's wind just blew it right off. Wicket says crops will need more moisture this spring. No, we need some moisture uh, of some description here. Um, ideally, would it be uh, an April rain, but the conditions right here are still pretty darn dry, and, and we haven't got hardly any... Uh, snow yet so we're not really going to get much out of that and uh, I think that we're going to have to rely on some timely rains to get a crop. I know lots of my neighbors pretty cautious when it comes to uh, marketing any grain be it the little bit that's maybe left in the bin or for new crop. Those prices are very enticing but uh, when you're looking at as dry as we are right now it's still uh, it's, it's a big risk. Wicket discusses spring seeding. Well, I haven't heard of any uh, major shortages of seed. I mean, there's certainly some canola varieties sold out, and, and uh, I've heard of maybe not shortages, but, you know, local uh, guys that are sold out of seed, mostly because they didn't grow much, so they didn't have that much to sell. So, you know, that's kind of amplifying things, but Probably the biggest influence that I'm seeing on seeding attentions, I think, is going to be your fertilizer price. And uh, that sits right now, there isn't a whole lot of uh, movement on that price. It has gone down a little bit. So with the dry weather, 
there's a lot of nutrients still left in the ground, so I think you're going to see uh, guys tiptoeing in to spring and then maybe look at applying something uh, through, you know, maybe liquid fertilizer after if we do get the right rains. Wicked is not a cattleman, but says feed supplies are a concern for local livestock producers. Yeah, one of my really good friends and, and close neighbors is, is doing that. The, the cold weather certainly uh, dampened uh you know, what he thought he was going to have for feed and narrowed that up a bit. There's just no cushion. So, you know, normally the guys have the feed that they need and then a cushion for whenever this happens. And uh, that cushion's not there this year. So guys I talk to, they're constantly searching for straw or searching for hay of, of some description. There just isn't that much out there. And I know, ironically, he talked to a guy uh, up quite a bit north of here where the snow is really deep and uh, he has hay to sell but can't get to it. Stuck in a snowbank. Jim Wicked farms at Rosetown about 300 kilometers northwest of Regina. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I'm Kelvin Hepner for Real Agriculture, and uh, we are pleased to be joined on the phone now by our Minister of Agriculture, Marie-Claude Bibeau. You kicked the week off with uh, a supply chain summit. Uh, coming out of that summit, Minister Bibo, did you learn anything new about the issues the industry is facing, or what were your takeaways coming out of this discussion about the supply chain situation? Well, it was a very interesting first discussion because it's it's only the beginning. Uh, we've put in place a supply chain task force, task force, and we will continue to work collaboratively with the industry. We will open up a, a consultation uh, to the public as well. Uh, this is very critical now. Uh, it, we knew, I mean, our supply chain was quite resilient during COVID, but still the change in our uh, habits, you know, buying more goods because we were not allowed, we were not allowed, yes, to, to enjoy more services. Um, the price of, of uh, inputs, uh, the labor shortages. Uh, so so the, uh, our supply chain is really under a lot of pressure. And this conversation w- was important uh, to end- identify these challenges and, and trying also to find solutions. So, so the fact that our containers are not no longer at the right place at the right moment necessarily, and that sometimes we, we see containers going back empty, increase the price of transportation. Um, do we have to put in place some kind of priori- prioritization of critical goods? This is something that has been brought. Gathering more data as well to understand better the issue and make... Uh, make good decisions. So, uh, Of course, when we're talking about supply chains and, and what's happening in the headlines, in the news, the, the last while, the, the cross-border vaccination mandate as, a, as it applies to cross-border truck drivers is, uh, is part of that conversation right now. It's also one of the main reasons or, or the tipping point uh, behind the convoys and, and protests that we've seen here over the last number of weeks and, and the one that is, uh, is still happening on Parliament Hill in Ottawa. We know the importance of cross-border trade in, in agriculture, Minister Bibo, and uh, we're hearing about feed shortages getting worse here in, in the West. We're hearing about uh, 
pigs here in Manitoba, baby pigs that are supposed to go to the U.S., not having enough drivers to ship them south. As the, the Minister of Agriculture, are you considering or would you consider a move back to testing? We understand uh, there may be some pressure from the provinces on uh, on going back to a, a testing requirement rather than a vaccination requirement for uh, for essential goods. Is that something that you would uh, would give time to that consideration? I mean, this is not the problem. The problem is really uh, fighting together against COVID and the best way to do it is to get vaccinated. And yes, we have challenges in terms of transportation because of labor shortage. But uh, you know that the Canadian Trucking Association uh, do not support the protest, that about 90% of the truckers are vaccinated. So it's not the mandatory vaccination that, that is a problem. And actually... The protest in Alberta is blocking truckers to to carry livestock. So it's the other way around. It's it's the protest that is creating more pressure on our our supply chain. Okay. There there are quite a few farmers and people with ties to agriculture participating in this convoy, feeling that they have not been listened to or that there's a major disconnect between the government and what happens at the grassroots level. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Do you have uh, have something that you would like to say to them or what would your response be to uh, to their concerns, the people that are participating in the protest? I think it's something that we have to talk about just given the, the scale of, of what we're seeing happen. Well, 90% of our population got vaccinated, are doing what is needed to to get rid of this covid and when you think about the fact that about 10%, you know, this 10% of people who are not vaccinated are taking about 50% of the, the, serv- the health services and all the pressure that is on our health services is really the reason why we have to keep some sanitary measures in place and why the province have to keep sanitary measures in place. It's because we have to protect our health services. And if we did not have so many unvaccinated people putting pressure on our health services, then we could be able to loosen the sanitary measures. So, This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, blowing snow early this afternoon. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high, minus 20. The low, minus 28. Wind chill, minus 30 this evening, minus 38 overnight. Wednesday, sunny. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 24. The low, minus 32. Thursday, partly cloudy. The high, minus 18. The low, minus 28. Friday, cloudy. The high, minus 12. Evening flurries. The low, minus 15. Saturday, partly cloudy with 60% chance of flurries. The high, minus 16. The low, minus 16. Sunday, partly cloudy, the temperature steady at minus 6. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 0. Normal high for the state, minus 9. The normal low is minus 21. The sun rose at 8.34 this morning. It sets at 5.51 tonight. And around the province, 
The hot spot right now is Maple Creek in the southwest corner at minus 19. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 31. Estevan in the southeast is minus 21. Saskatoon, minus 24. Swift Current, Weyburn, and Yorkton, all minus 23. Regina, sunny and minus 23. The skies are clear and sunny. Minus 9 Fahrenheit, winds are from the northwest at 35. Giving a wind chill right now of minus 37. Humidity 69%, the barometer rising 103.1. Drifting snow and moose jaw, minus 23. Winds are from the west-northwest at 35. The wind chill, minus 37. Once again, Regina, sunny, minus 23. That's 9 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook says Canadian wheat exports are 5.6 million tons midway in the crop year down 43% from last year. The outlook compiled by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting says wheat prices are not expected to collapse, but there is sufficient milling wheat supply in the world for wheat to follow rather than lead the markets. As we had expected, there was a fair amount of cash business done last week, notably by Egypt and still for nearby positions. Specifically, the Philippines bought 50,000 tons of Australian feed wheat for June shipment at 338 to 340 per ton. Korea bought 115,000 tons of feed wheat at 332 to 339 per ton. Algeria's OIC purchased 60 to 80,000 tons of milling wheat on Wednesday, and Egypt's GASC bought 420,000 tons of wheat. 180,000 to be sourced from the Ukraine, 120 from Russia, and 120,000 from Romania, with a mid-March delivery time. Iran reportedly passed on this week's tender, but there are reports that Iraq will be back shortly in the market. U.S. export sales were at 677,000 tons which took the season total to 632 million bushel, down 21% on last year, against the USDA projected 17% decline. The U.S. sales were higher than expected. To continue, here are some of last week's major news in the market by major origin. We are starting with Canada. Well, Minneapolis spring wheat is returning to a more moderate premium to Chicago wheat. I would say that as a general rule of thumb, no more than maximum a dollar per bushel over Chicago. It would be normal for Minneapolis versus Chicago. Chicago wheat, in turn, should be roughly a dollar fifty bushel premium to corn. Barring a hands-on conflict in Ukraine, Chicago wheat will find its nearby direction from corn, and feed grains will follow the weather conditions in the southern hemisphere. We don't see wheat collapsing, but there seems to be sufficient milling wheat supply for wheat to follow rather than to lead the markets. 
This is provided that the Russian-Ukrainian dispute does not lead to war. Canadian shipping wheat 25 exports were an uninspiring 105,000 tons for a season total of 5.6 million tons. This is 4.2 million tons less than we had shipped last year to date. We think the market will be supported by corn, but there's nothing outside of, uh, of an outright war in Eastern Europe to prompt a sharp move higher. North American wheat is expensive and will not buy extra demand. Our recommendation, therefore, is to sell millable wheat at current indications of Saskatchewan values are better. Moving on to Durham. Local Durham prices have backed off some. We had recommended earlier that you finish old crop sales. Local prices could improve again, but stocks are so low that any sort of price increase will be at a regional level and will depend on what kind of program your buyer has been able to put together. So let's look towards new crop. The Durham crop in North Africa is struggling. The crop is largely dormant for now, but NDVI imagery is showing a strong decrease in vegetative health. The small carrion stocks into the 22-23 crop year put even more focus on new crop production, and the less than ideal conditions in North Africa will force attention towards production in North America. In the US, USDA reports that as of December 14th, 86% of the US Durham area is within a region experiencing drought. Current Canadian soil maps show dryness in key production areas, and there's some evidence that the yield drag after last year's drought could be more pronounced than what agriculture like food is thinking. AFC is currently expecting that Durham yields will rebound to 34.2 bushel per acre. That yield might be at the top end of what is possible, but if true, the balance sheet is still not burdensome. If acres increase by 9%, ending stocks would still be below the 600,000 ton range, which is quite low. Back to this year, week 25 Durham exports were 42,000 tons for a seasonal total of 1.3 million tons. That's down 54% from last year. Weekly exports needed to reach AFC's 2.3 million ton export number is 41.8 million tons. This will leave ending stocks very low indeed. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting provides the latest market update on the Sask Wheat website. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And our Cola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. Our Cola Building Supplies.com. Agriculture Canada says a new Durham wheat variety is the first in the world to show intermediate resistance to fusarium head blight. Developed by wheat breeder Dr. Yufeng Ron of the Swift Current Research Centre, the new lines leverage genetic technologies to bolster resistance to fusarium. The first variety is known as DT2009, the first with intermediate resistance rating to fusarium, high yield and straw strength similar to Brigade, protein concentration similar to Strongfield, plant height and maturity similar to Cabri. The DT2009 also showed good drought tolerance and yield under 2021 extreme drought conditions. It's also resistant to all rusts. 
A second variety, DT2005, demonstrates increased yield and improved fusarium head blight responses over current registered cultivars. DT2005 shows 2.8% higher yield than Brigade with similar protein content and straw strength. It's also resistant to leaf rust, stem rust, and stripe rust. Canada has joined an International Sustainable Agriculture Production and Food System Coalition. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau says Canada has joined the Sustainable Productivity Growth for Food Security and Resource Conservation Coalition to help deal with climate change. The group comes out of the United Nations Food Systems Summit last September and includes more than 15 countries and dozens of academic organizations led by the U.S. The coalition will give Canada an international platform to push for research, innovations and technologies and improve productivity growth in Canada's farming sector. Babo says Canadian farmers have doubled the value of production while stabilizing greenhouse gas emissions over the past two decades. She says efforts must continue to reduce emissions given the pressing climate and environmental challenges at hand. Federal Agriculture Bobo was in Washington Thursday to try and resolve a potato trade issue with her U.S. counterpart. Bobo urged U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack to proceed as quickly as possible with the risk analysis of exporting PEI table stock potatoes to the U.S. Canada put a halt to potato shipments because of a disease called potato wart in a couple of fields in PEI fearing a U.S. shutdown. Babo stressed the urgency of restoring market access for PEI potatoes and stressed the safety of potatoes with current risk mitigation measures in place, such as ensuring potatoes are clean, treated with a sprout inhibitor, and sourced from non-restricted fields. Vilsack expressed understanding and the importance of a science-based approach to resolving the issue. He promised a quick review. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were showing mostly upward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for Durham dropped one cent at 689.35. Canola gained 12.10 at 957.22. Flax rose 196 at 1273.74. Yellow peas increased 667 at 635.89. One red spring wheat went up 534 at 421.88. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley 377.37. Lentils $880.50. Oats 471.53. Feed wheat 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat rose 7.5 cents at 914 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 1st. Our last regular sale is on January 19th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.64 cents to $0.74. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.53 cents to $0.63. Cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $0.90 cents to $0.95. Cents. We had a full pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday. For 50 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.24 and sold up to $2.43. 500 to 550 pound steers 
beers averaged two dollars and twenty-two cents and sold up to two dollars and thirty-five cents. Five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and sixteen cents and sold up to two dollars and twenty-eight cents. Six hundred to six fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and nine cents and sold up to two dollars and eighteen cents. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and four cents and sold up to two dollars and fourteen cents. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged a dollar ninety-four and sold up to two dollars and four cents. Eight hundred to nine hundred pound steers averaged a dollar eighty-seven and sold up to a dollar ninety-two. And steers over nine hundred pounds averaged a dollar eighty-one and sold up to a dollar eighty-nine. Heifers were twenty to thirty cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a group of five hundred pound grasser steers at two dollars and thirty. Cents a pound, a load of 550 pound black steers at $2.28 a pound, a load of 600 pound black steers at $2.18 a pound, a group of 650 pound tan steers at $2.14 a pound, two loads of 700 pound black steers at $2.04 a pound, two loads of 800 pound exotic steers at $1.92 a pound, and a load of 900 pound exotic steers at $1.89 a pound. Because this sale was booked up quickly, we added a sale on February. February 7th. If you have cattle to market at this sale, give us a call at 842-4574. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices are not available for today. For yesterday, we have the quotes for both brand and moose jaw plants. It's $187.23 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Chief Financial Officer of Cameco says any production rate is better than zero. Grant Isaac made those comments about the status of the MacArthur River Key Lake mine operations in northern Saskatchewan during an investor's webcast last week. The MacArthur River mine and the Key Lake mill have not been in operation since a planned stoppage back in 2018. Isaac says there's only financial upside once Cameco makes the decision to resume operations. Isaac says Cameco has used the time while the sites have been closed to achieve operational flexibility, which translates to lowering the fixed costs and increasing the variable costs. According to Cameco's third quarter update from 2021, the cost to maintain the two operations during the suspension are between 8 and $10 million. In regards to starting phase two at Cigar Lake, Isaac says now isn't the right time to make that investment even with today's prices. Starting Phase 2 at Cigar Lake would likely come after the MacArthur Key Mine resumes operations after being shut down for a planned stoppage back in 2018. Expected that Phase 1 at Cigar Lake will be completed later in the decade. And on the markets, the TSX is up 111 points at 21,209. The Dow is down 8 points at 35,123. Oil is down 25 cents at 87.90 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 11 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.78 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. 
Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.